0: Our dear Heavenly Father, we are so thankful, dear Lord, that we can come here to come and praise the wonderful name of Jesus Christ, to give you the honor and glory you so rightly deserve, to remember the price that was paid for our salvation, to set us free. You paid that ultimate price. You gave your life for us. And we pray here today, dear Lord, each one here knows you as the personal Savior. They've had their sins washed in the blood of Jesus Christ been cleansed and made white as snow. So we pray now, the Lord, that the words that are spoken now, the Lord, will touch the hearts of each one here. We pray that as we leave here today, we'll be walking that closer walk with you, that you might use our lives to uplift and glorify the name of Jesus Christ. We ask this now in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Romans 12 and verse 2. And it says... And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. In other words, don't copy the world. And as you look back at 2018, they said if you... Look at the, your growth as a Christian. When you look back now, did you conform a little bit to the world? Or was there even a greater transformation of your life in Jesus Christ? Have you grown closer to Him? Are you walking closer to Him? As the world looks upon your life, do they see Christ? Or do they see just another person of the world? Once we accept Christ into our lives, there should be a real difference, a change. We should no longer be conformed to the world as we were before we came to Christ. And as we look back, I want us to take a look at a few of the uh, followers of Christ, uh, those who followed him in the Old Testament and in the New Testament, And if you look back in Genesis 19, we look at Abraham and Lot. And we see that Lot, he had a choice to make, and uh, he chose to go and to dwell in the land of the plains because the things looked really good there. Things were plentiful. And it says that he pitched his tent towards Sodom. And as we know as we read in God's word, that Sodom, it was a prosperous place but it was a very evil and wicked place. And before too long, we see that they moved in to Sodom. Lot's daughters married a couple of the men of Sodom. And Lot's wife moved into the city. And as you look, you can say that probably the city moved in to Lot's wife. She sort of... uh, Thought, you know, this is not, not a bad life. We're pretty prosperous here. But then God sent a warning with the angels that he was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He warned Lot to take your family, get out of Sodom. But you know, as Lot led his family out of Sodom, and the Lord had warned them not to look back. As they did Lot's wife. She conformed to the world because she turned and looked back. She wasn't really willing to give up what she had left behind. She had informed her life to Sodom. And we as Christians, as we walk with Christ, we don't look back. On the old life. Because once you turn around, what happens when you look back? You lose sight of Christ. And we need to keep our eyes fixed upon Him at all times to trust in Him for our guidance and direction. So let's not be like Lot's wife. Let's not conform, but be transformed. And another one I want us to look at is in the New Testament. And maybe we probably don't even realize it, but Peter also conformed to this world. If we look at Matthew 26, where Christ had just been betrayed and turned over to the soldiers. Peter at first was ready to defend. He was going to draw a sword, but Christ said, put that away. So then they led Christ away, but then as we read, it says that Peter, he started to follow afar off. And once we start following Christ afar off, we lose our power because our power is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone. His word tells us that we can do all things through Christ that strengthen us. We could do nothing in our own strength. And then, as we read along farther, we see that Peter sits down around the campfire of the enemy. And God's word tells us that we're to keep ourselves separate from the world, to come out from amongst them and be separate. And we find Peter sitting there warming his hands with the enemy. And sometimes I feel that as we look at the world and we look at some Christians that some of them are are sitting at a campfire of the world, warming their hands. We don't see a real difference in their life. Their life hasn't really been changed. They haven't surrendered completely over to Christ and let him come in and take full control. And then as Peter's sitting there around the campfire, a damsel comes to him and says, I know you. Your talk betrays you. You were with him. You were with Christ. And Peter says, I didn't know him. I don't know that man. And we know that Peter denied Christ three times. And as the cock crowed, he realized what he had done. And I wonder, as we look back in our life, in our our year past, how many times did we, in a way, deny Christ and knowing Christ? Does the world recognize us by our speech, as that damsel recognized Peter? Do they see that we are different, that we've been changed, that our talk is different, that all that we do, that all that we say, is done to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ. And it even came down to a point in Peter's Peter's response where they started swearing. And we, today, I believe, need to use the name of Christ as a praise unto our Lord Jesus Christ because our homes is a place where Christ's name should be uplifted and glorified. As we raise our children, as we raise our grandchildren, they should see our difference in our lives, that our talk is different from the world, that our speech is different, that we are letting Christ control our lives, and that he is guiding us and directing our footsteps as we live here in this world. And another one that we look back on is Daniel. In Daniel chapter 6, we know the story of Daniel, how he was delivered from the lions, from King Darius, when King Darius said, you cannot pray for 30 days, but only let your request be known unto the king, to King Darius. But we know that Daniel, he didn't conform, he continued to pray three times a day to his Lord and Savior. And as he prayed, he was caught by those who had set out the trap. And they told the king, oh, you know, Daniel, he, he prayed. He's still praying three times a day. So they put him in the lion's den. And as we know that he was delivered, Christ, God delivered him from the mouths of those lions. And out of that, out of standing up for Christ and not conforming to what the king had said, we read that Darius declared that Daniel's God was the real God and that the people should be serving him. And also, so we read on, uh, that he was even given a promotion because of the fact that he stood up for his God. And they realized that it was the true God because he was delivered from the lions. And there were three other young men who were actually advisors to Daniel. By then, though, it was King Nebuchadnezzar. And it was Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And Nebuchadnezzar had built a golden image so the people could... Come and bow down before that image. When the trumpet sounded, everyone was supposed to bow. But these three young men stayed true to their God. It did not bow. And I think it's amazing as we read there that they said that if God chooses to save us, that's how much they trusted Him. If even if they didn't, God didn't save them from that fiery furnace, they were still not bowing to that image, they were staying true to God. And we, as we here as Christians say, we need to take a, a, a greater stand, I believe, for Jesus Christ. We see so many things changing, so many things of this uh, world that even our government are passing laws that make this legal, make that legal, or, or take this out of our school system because it's wrong. We see that God's word has been removed from our school system. Prayer has been removed from our school system. And if you look at our young people today and and, uh, the teenagers, uh, those in school, we wonder how are their lives being molded when they're no longer allowed to to pray, no longer allowed to have their Bible. I look at even some of... uh, our own young people, and our our grandchildren. They're being molded by video games, uh, whatever else, every other uh, electronic thing they can get a hold of, where we as parents and grandparents should be directing them to Christ. I find that even as I said, with our own grandchildren, that they remind me that I need to be living closer to God and letting Christ take full control. Here just this past week, uh, one of our granddaughter's friends was hurt quite badly in, a, in an accident. Her horse had fallen on her and had cracked her skull open and she was laying in the hospital unconscious. And it was my granddaughter that came to me and said, Papa, can you put her on the prayer line? And I pray that our grandchildren would see Christ in our lives, in Janine's life, in my life, that that he will see a difference. That Christ has made a difference in our lives. And even when we think maybe we're not getting through to them, they are watching our lives. Obviously, uh, Sierra had been watching us and she wanted that young girl to be on the prayer line. And, and thank God the girl is, is okay, but she has a really severe concussion. And, and uh, we'd ask that you just keep praying for her, that she, that she will be okay. So we need to not bow down to this world, we need to keep Christ first and foremost in our lives. We need to continue to be transformed by the power of Jesus Christ. And 1 John 2 and verse 6 says, He that saith he abideth in him ought also to walk, even as he walked. And as we look at Christ's life, we know how he walked here on this earth that he went about teaching, he went about healing. He showed love to those in the world. And eventually, as I said, he paid the ultimate price. He went to Calvary for our sins. And we need to walk that close walk with Christ in these end days. As I said, as we walk this earth, as we walk with Christ, as the world looks upon our lives, do they see Christ? Do they see that Christ has made a difference? That we have been transformed by the power of Christ. That not, we're not bowing down to the things of this world, to the things of this earth. We're not conforming to this world. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says that all things are passed away and that all things are become new. Those things that we used to do, we no longer do them. The places that we used to visit continually, the places that we shouldn't have went, we no longer go. We walk a new walk, and we talk a new talk. May our walk and our talk with Christ bring honor and glory to his name. As we speak out and take a stand for Christ, may we let people know that we serve a risen Savior. A Savior who loved us so much he was willing to pay that ultimate price. And ask ourselves, how is our prayer life been transformed? Do we pray for each other? Do we continue to pray for those who maybe do us wrong, who despitefully use us? Do we pray for them? God's word tells us the way we should be. We need to pray for them. Pray for them that their eyes be opened up. One day we were blind, but now we see We see that Christ is the answer to our lives and to their lives. And that need for them to come to kneel at the cross and ask Christ to come in and take control. The greatest transformation uh, probably in the Bible that we saw was Paul. When he went from killing Christians... The serving Christ. On, his ro- on the road to Damascus, he was struck down and he was blind for three days. He didn't realize what that he was doing wrong. He thought he was doing right when he was persecuting the Christians and killing Christians. But Christ spoke to him that day. And three days later, when his eyes opened up, he He started a new life, a new walk in Christ. And I pray here today that each one here has had those scales removed from their eyes, that today you know Christ as your personal Savior, that you're walking with him, you're talking to him, that you're praying for each other, because as Christians we need to pray for each other. There are trials and tribulations that we're going to have to go through There are problems that we may have to face. And Christ tells us that we need to come and do cast our cares upon him. And he tells us if if we're heavy burdened, heavy laden, to come unto him. And he'll give us rest. If there's something you're carrying in your life that's becoming a heavy load, come to Jesus. Give it to him. And he'll take it. He'll lift it up away from you and they will give you the joy and the peace that you've never had before in your life. You know, he said about young people today, too, that as you look at young people, you see so many of them depressed, unhappy. You ask them about life, and they'll say, well, you know, what? I don't really have anything to live for. I'm sure if Reggie was here today, he deals with a lot of the young people at Teen Challenge. And, and, people, and the young people... They're turning to everything but Christ. And they need to come to Christ to set them free. He's the only one that has the power to give them the peace and the joy that they're searching for. He'll give them that eternal peace and that eternal joy. And there's a question I want to ask you today. As I stood up here and gave you these few words, were you wondering, what's he going to do with this here? <laughs> what's he going to do with that? Well, i tell you, I'm not going to do a thing with it. But that's just how easily our mind has taken off the things of Christ. Nothing there, really. And we need to focus on the things of Christ. We need to keep our eyes upon him. And I want to read right now Matthew 14 and verses 24 to to 32. And it says this. If it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. And when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and saith unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they come into the ship, the wind ceased. And here, just as our thoughts maybe wandered off to why I'd put that there, Peter had so much faith when he first saw and focused on Christ that he was willing to step out of the boat. I don't know if I'd, I'd have that much faith to, to, to step out of the boat into the water. But he did. He had that much faith and he kept his eyes on Christ. And he began to walk on the water. But then, what happened? He took his eyes off of Christ. He took his focus off of Christ. He looked at the situation around him. He saw the boisterous wind, he saw the waves rolling. And he began to sink because he had lost sight of Christ. And Christ is all-powerful. And if we'll let him take full control of our lives, we can see great things happen. We may not walk on water, but Christ can use us as a witness to our children, to our grandchildren, to our neighbor. We need to let our light shine. We need to keep our eyes focused on Christ. There are going to be trials and tribulation to come into your life. But Christ has said that He'll never leave us, He'll never forsake us. And He said that He'll see us through that trial. A lot of people would say, well, why don't he just remove that from me? Take it away. But if he doesn't take it away, it's for a reason. He wants you to grow. He wants you to become more trusting in him. To give your life completely and fully over to him. To have your mind focused upon him at all times. Let's just bow for prayer. Our dear Heavenly Father, we love you so much today, dear Lord. We're thankful that today we serve a risen Savior, a Savior who today is sitting upon the right hand of God. We pray today, dear Lord, that each one here has put their faith and trust in you, that today they have cast their cares upon you and their burdens, dear Lord. And if not, dear Lord, we pray that today would be the day that they come and they surrender to you. To give you that burden, dear Lord, that they're carrying so that you can lift that weight from them, dear Lord. That they could have that joy and that peace that passes all understanding. We thank you today, dear Lord, for Calvary. We thank you for the precious blood of Jesus Christ. We're so thankful that we could come here together today to praise you. We pray for our young people. We pray for our children, our teenagers, dear Lord. We pray that you will keep them safe. We pray that they will come to you at a young age, dear Lord, that they will they will know that you are the answer to their lives. We pray that they might see Christ in our lives as parents, as grandparents, that they might see a different. They might see that we walk a different walk, that we talk a different talk. That all we do, that all that we say is done to bring honor and glory to the name of Jesus Christ. So we pray now, dear Lord, today that as we leave here that we might be walking that closer walk. That we put our hand in your hand today. You'll lead us and direct us in the paths that you would have us to go. And we give on to you today all the praise and all the glory. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.